bum bum bottom 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 bum
a phenomenal creation. Uh, you can buy that from Retrofit Comics, which is in league with my comic book shop, Big Planet Comics. Uh, and when I heard that he was doing a cat comic, I got all a tingle. And Carl reached out to us and asked if he could come on the show. And I was like, yes, what's your book about? Penny, it's a cat comic. I went, oh no, this is going to fuel Lisa's cat hunger. Not her hunger, her her loin situation you were talking about. Yeah, I about. need to explain that, I feel. <laughs> <laughs> the reason I say it's because you, you guys know who have been listening to the show, Brad and I do not want kids. No. And gross. Um, and I've just never related to that. Like whenever we would play house as kids, I would be always be like, I'm the teenage girl, like always. Right. Um, but it got to the point where, but I've always wanted a dog. And it's gotten to the point when, like, a friend of mine gets a dog, yeah. <laughs> like, I get sad. Yeah. Or when I see a dog pass me on the street. Which is often because we go on walks all the time and we're surrounded by dog people. I ogle and I make <laughs> audible cute noises. Uh -huh. And mm -hmm. so I'm at, I imagine that that's what women who want babies are mm -hmm. like. Mm -hmm. Where it's just like, it's it's gone past like, oh, wouldn't this be fun to like, a, like a deep and burning desire. Yeah, and, and I am starting to feel those pangs as well. We have a very cute Cocker Spaniel puppy near Lafayette. us. Lafayette. Lafayette, let me pet him the other day. Yeah, while you were on the phone with me and I got jealous that you were petting Lafayette without me. Especially because Lafayette doesn't always let you touch him. Because he's so excitable. He gets he so excitable. He's, he's, so a, he's a jittery little puppy. Um, but 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 so, so those feelings are in me as well. I, I'm, I'm coming around to possibly wanting to have a dog or a cat in my life. I'm personally, I'm leaning a little more to a cat situation. Now, here's uh, the problem yeah. with us and cats. Okay, yeah. You get annoyed when I bump a shelf and an action figure falls off. That's true. So do you want something that can climb? Uh, I mean, dogs can bump things off too. But they do not specifically climb to the top of things and knock them I, off for fun. Yeah, no, that doesn't sound... I don't like that idea at all. So we would have to change the entire way we organize our collection. Sure, Where sure. I feel like with a puppy, uh -huh. like we would probably, at least when the puppy is little and not completely house trained, have to <laughs> yeah. cover our bottom shelves. Uh, we would have to remove the hard covers off the bottom shelves for yes, sure. for yeah. sure. Like, but... Other than that, we wouldn't have to change a thing. Okay, yeah, all right, I, I hear you. Now, getting back to Penny, mm -hmm. when you started to read this comic, did experiencing Penny's world, uh, her interior, her very uh, like uh, catastrophic imagination, did that rustle those uh, pangs, those emotions for wanting to have an animal? Yes, in the beginning, mm -hmm. but as I was reading the book, I began to wonder if I am in fact a house cat. Yeah, yes, and you you say this to Carl. We talk about this a little bit in the conversation that's about to follow. Because there's something about Penny where like she is uh, an indoor cat, mm -hmm. and there she le leads a very cushy life. Mm -hmm. She gets wet food on the rag, mm -hmm. but. She has to create her own drama to give her life meaning, and I feel like I do that. Well, and clearly Carl is putting his brain into Penny's brain, right? Mm -hmm. Like, by empathizing with this cat, he is uh, communicating about himself. I think in the beginning, and we do get... We don't. I don't want to spoil all yeah, of the I good know, parts I of know. this interview, so we'll get into that. Yeah, I, we'll get into that, and also the comic... The comic has some twists and turns. It does, and because it originally started as a strip, yeah, but it has evolved over time, and it's only going to get more interesting, right? Which right, is right. so electrifying to me. Yeah. Okay. All right. I think we should stop talking about the conversation. Let's get into the conversation. It starts with a brief discussion about Tom Spurgeon. Um, I think we. I think we say who Tom Spurgeon was, but I would encourage you that if you do not know who Tom Spurgeon was, you're listening to this on some sort of uh, internet device, get on that Google, look him up, uh, go start buying his books right now uh, so that you can appreciate this first portion of this conversation before we get into Penny itself. Uh, so yeah, without further ado, here's Carl Stevens talking about Penny, which comes out May 4th from Chronicle Books. <laughs> 
Carl, thank you so much for joining us at CBCC today. We are very excited to talk to you. Well, likewise. Thanks for having me, Brad and Lisa. I wish you could have heard our introduction because then I think you'd be even more nervous (laughs) because we just flooded this comic with our praise. Lisa's head over heels for Penny. Uh, I'd watch out for that cat, frankly. Uh, She could be coming for (laughs) me. Yeah, well, you can take her. Just kidding. (laughs) Just kidding. kidding. Sorry, Penn. (laughs) So before we um, talk about the book, I actually just wanted to start at the dedication. You have the book dedicated to the memory of Tom Spurgeon. And I I was sort of wondering what the origin of that dedication is and, and why the memory of and not just, you know, the name, the man. Well, uh, are you familiar with Tom? Uh, yes. Um, yeah, I, I mean, well, he was pretty instrumental in the beginning of uh, my career. Uh, he was the first one to really write about my work. And I'd done like three or four inter- um, interviews with him. And, you know, I mean, I would see him at shows all the time. And, I, you know, he was just like a, you know, like a like a close like friend in in comics. And, um, when he passed away, I, I just finished, uh, drawing Penny and actually he was, um, instrumental in me getting the, uh, gig at the village voice where Penny started, um, like Penny started as a weekly comic in the voice in 2016. And it was, it was through Tom. He was, uh, uh, he was acting as an, as an agent for them, um, like trying to find cartoonists, and, um, you know, I was on this list and so, you know, I, I just thought it was appropriate to dedicate the collection to him. I think um, for anyone who, uh, aspires to write or talk about comics, Tom Spurgeon is, uh, an idol and an icon, uh, somebody that we turn to all the time. And when we went looking for interviews with you, his were the first ones that popped up on our radar. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. cool. Well, I mean, full disclosure, I was, uh, <laughs> you know, I was kind of a, a drunken, wayward uh, 20, early 30-something <laughs> during that period. So, <laughs> I mean, I haven't, I haven't gone back to those interviews in a while. So. <laughs> Nothing to be too embarrassed about. <laughs> okay. Tom... For those who don't know, I mean, he was um, his. I mean, he was at the Comics Journal for a long time in the in the nineties. Or not a long time, but for a brief time. But then he had this website called the Comics Reporter, and it was sort of a hub for all things comic. You know, whether it was you know uh, what was going on at Fantagraphics or Marvel in DC. I mean, it was you know it was really all encompassing, and he was you know at the base level just this incredible cheerleader of artists and you know like what he thought was good comics but but also just the community in general i mean you know he was always introducing you to like other other cartoonists and people and you know he's just like this warm-hearted you know big jolly great guy (laughs) yeah Uh, i I never had the pleasure of meeting him but i read a lot of his work and I, i tend to think of um uh, comic critics as curators and he was like mm-hmm. the best curator. Like if you followed him, he would point you in the right direction. And he was just such a celebrator of the art form, a true champion right. of the art form. Um, exactly. Yeah. And I, I absolutely miss his voice, but again, like getting back to your dedication, the, I'm curious about the phrasing of it, like the memory of, uh, why land on those, on that word? Um, it's just, you know, because, uh, I, I mean, you know, he's, he's, he's gone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I just thought, you know, like we need to keep his memory alive. Cause you know, like what he's like, what he stood for, like, you know, like what we just talked about, just, you know, his, um, his like belief that like the medium could be greater than, than like it is, you mm-hmm. know, I mean, just, just always like striving for some sort of, uh, artistic a- achievement within comics. I think that was something that he always uh, was was like trying to get people to do. You know, like especially artists. I mean, so I think that when I say memory, I'm like talking about that. Mm. You know, like the idea that 
Tom was trying to get across to everyone, which was to just make better and more interesting comics or really just like live up to your own talents. You know, I mean, he was always trying to push you to like go further, like with what you did. So. Well, talking um, about comics and better, more interesting comics, I want to get into Penny, a graphic memoir about your cat. And Mm -hmm. from what I understand, this comic's origin was like a brain love child of you and your wife, Alex. Um, (laughs) Can you tell us how you collaborated to bring Penny to the page? Well, it was was more just, I mean, you know, like most pet owners, we're, we're always making up voices and stories like for the cats. And when... Uh, I got this opportunity to create a create this original comic for the Village Voice. Um, you know, I was I was having a hard time trying to decide what to do for them, and so I just asked Alex, you know, what what is something that like a lot of people, you know, like what's what's like a mainstream like topic that that like a lot of people would like in a comic strip? It's like, well, just do something about Penny. So, I mean, really, that's that's the end of the collaboration. <laughs> kind of like, you know, she like gave me the idea to do it. And but, yeah, I mean, you know, Alex is, is really funny and, you know, we're always, you know, coming up with stuff. But um, from what I can yeah. infer from the comic, you both have a very different energy when it comes to interacting with Penny. I would say that you are a bit more antagonistic than Alex. Uh, like, how do yeah. you differ or complement each other as cat parents? And also, do you find the term cat parents creepy? Uh, yeah, a little creepy. <laughs> I mean, I prefer Guardian, uh, Cat Guardian. Yeah. The uh, Jackson Galaxy. <laughs> aspect of it uh yeah um yeah i mean alex is definitely nicer than i am uh, as, as far as the cat i mean you know like we they're they're both pretty spoiled you know bourgeois cats i mean penny has a sister yeah too, named pepper and um and yeah. pepper is just comic shy how come she did not appear in these panels well, she's gonna be in the sequel oh, yes. so yeah yeah um so, yeah, I mean, I just figured we'd, like, focus on Penny in the beginning. Although, like, now that I've been deep into the sequel, it, I probably should have brought her out sooner because it's a nice, nice counterpoint to Ooh. Penny. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. What I in- truly enjoyed about engaging with Penny is how she can at times seem so alien and then also entirely relatable at other times. And there were there were seriously panels where I had to pause and wonder, like, am I am I just a house cat? Like, am I Penny? And I, I was wondering, has strongly empathizing with Penny changed your relationship with her or how you think about her? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, um, my work is very... Uh, detailed and I mean obviously like you know I, I'm spending a lot of time drawing her and I'll find after you know I, I've been working on a page I, I just you know I, I start talking to her as if you know she is the character in the comic strip <laughs> you know and yeah I mean you know I, I definitely feel that she you know without sounding insane that you know like she like does have some like empathy for her um for her state. I feel like she knows that she's like trapped here and there's nothing she can do about it, but she's making the best of it. You know, I mean, like she just has this, this like resigned sort of expression, you know, like where she's, you know, like content, but like a little weary, I suppose. Like (laughs) I, I appreciated like the fact that she has to like create this, mental drama to compensate for like what is otherwise a pretty cushy life. And I do find myself doing that at times. Like um, how now, so this started as a serialized comic and now it's collected as like this chunk. Like, so how do you see the reader engaging with this? Is it the kind of thing where you see them picking up, picking it up and putting it down or the way I approached it today <laughs> as a long form meditation on the life and existence of a cat. Well, 
I guess, I guess the latter, I mean, you know, well, I think it works both ways. You know, it is, it is one of those books, you know, it's like Calvin, it's, it's like a Calvin and Hobbes mm-hmm. collection. You can just pick it up and, you know, like read a few strips and, you know, get a chuckle out of it and put it down. But, uh, it does work as a, as a long form meditation on this cat's personality and, you know, but it's, it's, it, it's, it's sort of like our, you know, everyone's personality. I mean, you're, you're one thing, you know, like, like one minute and then like another, like the next minute, you know, it's, you know, she's, she's really, you know, I mean, I think she's like, like really like reflective of the kind of neurosis that a lot of us have been going through, like since the pandemic too, just feeling Mm -hmm. trapped and, you know, not really sure, like, what the future holds and, you know, bored, but also, you know, you have all the comforts, you know, I mean, she's just like a, you know, typical like middle-class American, I guess. I mean, I was struck (laughs) while I was reading it, uh, how perfect a pandemic read it is and how easily it is to become petty in, in, (laughs) trapped in this apartment, wanting to go outside, curious about what's going on outside. Yeah, uh, wanting to kill uh, seagulls. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. Uh, and then, but then also like this idea of, you know, she has this environment that contains her, and she interacts with it in a like a fantastical way, or it starts to interact with her. You know, like the there's there's like the floors come alive at one point uh possibly <laughs> yeah and, and 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 so i was tr- i was tr- i would like to get into how you you know penny's your hero but you make that apartment or the environment around her into such a character mm-hmm. how did you start to approach the environment as you were writing and illustrating the comic over that period of time well, I guess that started when I started introducing the uh, cat, like her toys, as as beings that only she interacted with. Mm. So, so like the reader didn't get to know what the toys were thinking because she was narrating the story of her uh, relationship with the toys to herself. So we'd only it, it's like listening to someone talk on the telephone. <laughs> you know? um, but. So it, it like started there, and then as I uh, progressed, and I like realized that she really had nothing to do, you know. I mean, like her only interaction was with us or the toys. Then I guess you know I like had to expand it somehow. So like the apartment in general, yeah, like the floors opening up, and then like the portal uh, underneath the couch. <laughs> that you know, it's it just started to you know, like, re- like reveal itself. Cause you know, I mean, like in the middle of the night, like both of them are awake. I mean, like they're nocturnal creatures and, um, Pepper like does this thing where did I call it her singing where she'll just start like yowling and making all these different kinds of noises. And it's, it's really strange. It's always like around midnight. It's like the witching hour or something. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I, I just imagine that she's like conjuring this, this like portal to this other dimension or something. <laughs> I can't wait to hear how Pepper's voice differs from Penny's voice. Oh, like we a, think of like, I've never yeah. owned a mammal shocker. Uh-huh. The girl with a comic book podcast has reptiles. I know I'm such a cliche, uh, but um, I like when you don't grow up with mammals, like you think, Oh, well the, the voice of the, animal is a reflection of its owner like so mm-hmm. do you do you feel like because your previous work has been kind of autobiographical or autobiographically informed from what from what i've read um yeah. so do you do you feel like this memoir of penny is like an extension of that or is she her own person uh it started as an extension but she's become her own person now. And like the deeper that I go into the sequel, like the more that is apparent that she is her own character. And it's, it's kind of exciting for me because I, you know, because it's true. The like bulk of my work is pretty like reality based, I guess. Mm -hmm. 
and like autobiographical. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it's exciting to like write something that's like fantastical and, and, you know, like her just, you know, her like character is definitely like similar to my personality, you know, um, I can be kind of a sardonic, (laughs) you know, sarcastic, like, uh, jerk <laughs> so it's um yeah i don't know i mean but it's it's like definitely like evolved you know i mean like i don't want to give too much away in the sequel yeah. but that's so i don't want to get into spoiler territory either but i also <laughs> desperately want to know maybe we'll make this a maybe we'll make this a patreon question because i just have i have to ask um yeah. so there is this on like the this is not a spoiler because it's on the back of the book, but mm-hmm. there's a psychedelic image of Penny and she's wondering if it's possible to occupy a different world simultaneously. And this mm-hmm. is an ongoing theme throughout the book. So do yeah. you feel like in the context of this narrative, is that mm-hmm. are these parallel dimensions like true for Penny or is this like a Pan's Labyrinth coping situation? Um. I think it's, I think it's all true for her. Mm. Like there is no, um, there are no boundaries of reality for her. You know, it is just all one existence, you know, whether she is in this other dimension or she's in the apartment. Cause like it's, it's all just alien to her. I mean, like I think her reality like lies outside in the, mm. in the street, you know, I, I think that's where ultimately she would like to be, even though she knows that it's, uh, you know, it's it's a lot worse out there. Yeah, there's two headed mice out there. Yeah, there's two headed mice. There's a raccoon. But I guess it is kind of she's already living in a parallel dimension because she is completely separated yeah. and taken from the outdoors. Ooh. Yeah, I mean, like she's 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 lost in space, like stuck in here. Mm. Ironically, I'm, yeah. I'm curious about the process of discovery on your behalf. You know, because you are telling it in increments initially, um, and, and and you know, your the the human characters uh, enter the story by by voice first, and then I was actually surprised to see the the the, the owners uh, in this in the story. I was shocked by that, but then they become like a big part of the story as well. And so mm-hmm. as you're telling the story and learning your story and, and what the rules of it are, can you just like talk a little bit about that process and what felt comfortable and what didn't feel comfortable? And Yeah, I, I think initially I, I wanted to keep it like Charlie Brown's teacher mm. as far as the humans went. Just like we would be these voices that were, you know, hovering around. And of course, you know, Penny doesn't understand what we're saying. Um uh, but then eventually, uh, you know, I, I felt it, it had to open up, you know, like I, I felt I had to open up Penny's world a little bit mm-hmm. and um, that she should see our faces, you know, because like the real Penny does like stare at us a lot. And, you know, cats do do that, you know, like they stare at their owners. So I, I figured, you know, we like had to show our, our full bodies like in like that regard. And you know, I mean, I, I guess just to give something, give like the reader some, like, you know, a person to empathize with. I don't know. I mean, I, I guess I didn't think about it like that. Mm. Strategically, it just sort of evolved that way. And, and you know, I, and I'm sure I, w- I was just sick of drawing <laughs> cats and like I wanted to draw some humans. So <laughs> I definitely felt that way. Like at the end, it's like, okay, you know, I gotta, <laughs> I gotta not draw a cat for <laughs> at least like six months. <laughs> uh, well, like, like, so I'm kind of interested if, you know, as you're uh, navigating, plotting uh, the, uh, the, the story, if you come up with ideas that initially like spark interest, but then you go like, well, they won't necessarily work for this rule world. Or is it kind of like a, like um, a free for all? Can anything happen now within the universe of Penny? Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, it is. It is unlimited. Yeah, if, um, from from like now, from like like the next book on, you know, it's or I mean, 
you know, Penny is, is definitely like drawn with a limited palette, <laughs> but like, you know, the, the sequels, it's just, it's, you know, you'll see, it's going to be like completely opened up to other worlds and dimensions and settings. So, I mean, most of that is just, I'm, I'm sick of drawing these floorboards. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like if I have to mix that, that color, if I have to mix that bluish gray one more time, <laughs> like lose my mind. Or like, or like draw our like, you know, Ikea, uh, dining room table. <laughs> I love how you, you and your wife are always reading the same two books. I think that that's a super fun detail. Yeah. Oh, the like Sedaris book. Yeah, the Sedaris book and the life-changing magic of tidying up. I feel like I too am just oscillating between just different versions of those two books. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, that's funny. Yeah. Yeah, I should have put more books in there. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, uh, talking about, you know, finding Penny visually as well as uh, her voice, um, when you set out on that journey, are you pulling inspiration from other type of, you know, anthropomorphic animal stories? Like, you know, I love cat manga, for example. There's mm-hmm. lots of cat manga. There's not a, a ton of American cat comics. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've, I've definitely read uh, a couple of the, well, uh, just one, the uh, Junji Ito yes. cat, cat diary. Um, I, I came upon that, like, as I was working on it. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, it's it's just so like pervasive in the culture, I guess. Um, like, like what other cat books? Um, what's that? Oh, uh, like where's Michael? Mm. I don't know. That or, um, like what's Michael? I like Manifred the man. I, but is that a cat comic or is it a man comic? Who knows? Oh, I don't know that one. Oh, it's great. I did that. It's very cute. Manifred the man is where it's like a cat world and their pets are people. Are just little naked dudes. I'll have to look up the name of that. Oh author yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, it's pretty good. What's that? What's that French uh, animated film from the seventies uh, called? Alex, what's that called? It's like the Green Planet. No, fuck. Oh man, it's I remember. Okay. Oh, that's, uh, but off the but I like reminded me of that. But like, it's the same. It's it's about these aliens that have humans as pets, and the um, the like humans like. It's, it's actually, I, I probably completely like ripped it off for Penny. <laughs> like, come to think of it, because the like humans, you know, are have like, you know, are reduced to this savage like state, and they like perceive the aliens as, you know, more than like what they are. You know, I mean, like they are kind of humanoid, but they're they're, you know, very much like inside like their own heads, and they're like naked, and they're just like trapped in this like house. You know. I think that if a cat wrote a comic about me and Brad, it would just be two people sitting on a couch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Actually, you know who I was looking at a lot during Penny was um, Simon Hanselman. Do you know him? Uh, no. He's this cartoonist. Uh, he's based in Seattle. Uh, Fanographics has published uh, about four of his books. Um, and... Yeah, you should you should check them out. Um, it's it's about it, it it centers on these two characters named uh, Meg and Mog, and it's a it's a witch and a black cat, and they basically just sit around on a couch and get stoned and watch TV, and it's you know it's it's sort of like Peter Bag. I I do in, in a way. Yeah, when you say Peter, ba- I do know this this comic. Uh, witch okay. character, very green face. Yeah, yes. exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So. But you know we have like a similar type of human. Oh yeah, it's called the, on the Fantastic Planet. Is that is that French comic, or on the French animated film from the seventies? So. I am putting it on my list for sure. Yeah, you know when you're fully invested in the creation process, it's all consuming uh, for a lot of artists. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, where are you getting the creative? Um, resurgence to keep going? Does the art feed itself or are you finding inspiration elsewhere? Oh, yeah. It's, it's all finding inspiration everywhere. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I, I buy way too many books. 
and you know um i've been buying a lot of uh, artist editions recently <laughs> devil's candy <laughs> it is yeah for sure so um yeah i, I bought the like bernie wrightson one recently nice. and, uh what else do i have here it's like like the ec comics the Starenko one is uh the barry winsworth smith um yeah you know so yeah i i i just take everything in that i can and you know that that, that just feeds it but you know i mean i've i've been feverishly drawing and wanting to be a cartoonist since i was a little kid so um so i always so i've definitely have something to prove and everything I do is not good enough. So that, that, um, mental illness, I think keeps me going. (laughs) Yeah. Lisa and I have been talking a lot about imposter syndrome lately and, and, and the, the, the strive to be better than what we currently are. Uh, and it is both like, um, uh, like it's motivating and also depressing, like you balancing that fighting that, uh, dual, uh, emotion is mm-hmm. challenging. Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, I've, it's, it's gotten better with age and, um, we started doing transcendental made, uh, meditation Ooh. about seven years ago. And that's, that's really helped to, you know, focus our minds and not be as, neurotic about you know did you do it like full bore with like the whole like uh um initial cash payment like the down payment on your transcendental meditation or did you just learn it on the mean streets oh no yeah i mean you know really went to a teacher uh i mean that's what you're supposed to do yeah um you know they they give you the mantra and everything it's no it's it's great um, you know, I, I highly recommend it for everyone. I mean, it's, it's worth every penny. I mean, you know, I, I feel like you have to, like, that gives you like the motivation to do it. I think initially I have fully flirted with the idea because I mm-hmm. am a person actually with an anxiety disorder, but yeah. I can also get anxious about starting meditation, which is really ironic, but, um, yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, TM's good because it's, you know, it's, it's really no pressure. I mm-hmm. mean, you're, you're just sitting there and you're just thinking of your mantra, but you can, you can think other thoughts and, you know, but like you go back to the mantra. I mean, it's really like effortless, you know, I would, I would recommend it. I mean, you know, I feel, you know, like I'm like fully charged afterwards, you know, it's just, it's like a, um, it's just this sort of euphoric, like well-rested feeling after those 20 minutes. That sounds amazing. So, it is. Yeah, it's, it's great. That has to help put you into the mind space of Penny. I'm so excited for the <laughs> sequel. Like, like, we just got Penny and now we, we have this sequel in our future. Um, yeah, hopefully. I mean, you know, well, we, we haven't quite, I mean, we haven't pitched it to Chronicle yet. I mean, well, I've like told the editor about it. But well, our hearts are set on it. <laughs> so, we'll so. <laughs> so we'll see. Yeah, I mean, well, I do, I do this other book that um, I'm working on right now that's uh, separate from Penny that I'm really excited about. That's, that's really going to be something. Uh, it's a, it's a horror comic. So, and it was written by, um, a famous actor and it's going to be published by actually probably shouldn't even say, but it's going to be, I mean, it's a, it's a big publisher and I think it's going to be my masterpiece. Oh, Oh dude, (laughs) we're very excited. We do like a horror comic. Uh, I'm now yeah. going to hit the internets and start doing some research and see if I can puzzle this out. You won't. You won't. Nothing's been released. I mean, you know, I just got the contract, like, like settled. So, like, so like nothing's been announced yet. Congratulations. But, I mean, I've been, but I've been working on it for like three or four months now. So, oh but man, yeah, it's, it's got to be, be crazy releasing a book in 2021 you know things are things are looking up you know people are getting vaccinated now but the 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 promotion and publishing process of a book right now has got to be super stressful yeah i mean it isn't isn't i mean it's it's kind of nice just to um you know do like podcasts like this and um because it's it's a lot easier than like schlepping to you know like comic cons and stuff but which you know i like and I don't like, I mean, it's, you know, it can be like long days just standing behind the tables and 
that's what I would like traditionally do. So, yeah, but like, but this is like another beast. I mean, you know, all my other books have been through smaller publishers. So, um, it was really just up to me to get out there and promote, but, um, you know, I have a great publicist at Chronicle, April Whitney, and she's been pretty on top of, you know, getting, getting me out there and like getting the book out there and, you know, like lining up things. So, You've pretty much done it all when it comes to publishing because you've self-published and you've done mm-hmm. these smaller presses and now you're with Chronicle. Like, yeah. what is something valuable you've learned from each of those avenues? Uh, that I should have been with someone like Chronicle all along. <laughs> <laughs> and that self-publishing is hard and like the smaller publishers, you know, are nice and fantastic and will let you do whatever the hell you want. But you know, ultimately, like, it is up to you to mm-hmm. to pimp it out. So, um, it's not, I mean, you know, I I like having the benefit of, like, the, like, of the bigger publisher to do a lot of that promotional work. I mean, it is, it is up to you as well, but it's just, it, it seems, it's, it's just, like, a little easier because it's, it, you know, like, your work is just more available. Mm-hmm. So. I, like, I, I can see that not everybody's fit to pimp. You know what I mean? Like it's it's got to be exhausting. Like your work speaks for itself. It's absolutely amazing and beautiful. Oh, but uh, I can't imagine put, pouring all of yourself into this gorgeous art with humor and it's personal, and then you have to go out and talk about it and you know yeah. really push it. It's got to be a lot. Yeah, it, I mean something. I mean, like your soul does die a little bit, <laughs> like at those conventions. And someone's just kind of flipping through it. It's like, what's this about? <laughs> <laughs> it's about everything, man. <laughs> uh, it's so funny. Like, you know, I find myself just really yearning for the con experience and I can't wait to get back. But, you know, like at the same time when you get back, then like you'll have all the complaints about the cons again. You know? Oh, of course. Yeah. No one's happy. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. a fact. I mean, I do love them. And actually, that, that is one of the drawbacks of the pandemic, because um, earlier on, when we were plotting out the marketing strategy, uh, they were talking about, you know, doing San Diego. Yeah. Mm. And like, I'd never been like, you know, I'm, I've never been to San Diego Comic Con. And, you know, of course, I've known about it, like, like my whole life, you know. Mm. And so I was so excited to, to go and on someone else's dime. But I don't know, like, Maybe next year, I guess. Well, it's a, a a beast, a beast of a convention. We've been going to San Diego Comic Con. We both have family out there for the last um, nine years. Really? Yeah. yeah. But it's yeah. it's a lot. Is it? Yeah. I mean, I would imagine. <laughs> but it's got to be complete. Like we're the sweaty fans waiting in line to get our book signed by you. So it's, it's we a get a, experience. We get a different experience. But we yeah, we I do guess. love it, and and I'm excited for when you do come to SPX, hopefully, or San Diego Comic-Con, because I'm totally going to wait in line for you. I found Penny Aww. amazing. What I'm currently excited about in comics is your stuff. I think Aww. it's fabulous. And I'm not just going to read the cat books. I'm going to go back in time. I'm going to read your other books. And I've really enjoyed talking to you. Oh, thanks, Lisa. Carl, Likewise. where can our listeners find you online? Where can they hunt you down? Well, uh, I'm on Instagram and Twitter with the same handle, and that's at Carl Stevens Art, K-A-R-L-S-T-E-V-E-N-S-A-R-T. And that's pretty much it. I don't, I don't have a website. I just use those social media platforms. Does a person so, really need one anymore? That's a conversation so. for another time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I don't think so. I mean, it's like so immediate, you know? And yeah. It's, it's hard to keep the website updated. I mean, I don't do like a, you know, I don't do any really uh, like commercial illustration anymore so plus i think a lot of art directors go there go to your social media first so i mean that's been our experience we've had the the website up for a while but like it's twitter really where we connect with everyone yeah exactly so it's a golden age yeah uh well carl thank you so much for joining us on comic book couples counseling may the 4th is the official release date of penny (laughs) Damn right. You're right. Yeah, may, so... May the 4th be with you. Yes, don't <laughs> you know, watch The Bad Batch on Disney Plus on May the 4th. Go get Penny or do both. Watch... Not mutually exclusive. Watch The Bad Batch and read Penny at the same time. <laughs> That's right. 
Oh man, are you? I mean, are you? Are you Mandalorian fan? Of course. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah, it's so good, so good. Yeah, really. Enjoyed I can't wait. Actually, do you, do you know uh, Jeffrey Brown, the cartoonist? Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Of course, yeah. So, you know, that's that's like a joke that some of my cartoonist friends are saying now. It's like, oh, like you're going to be Jeff Brown. You're going to do a couple cat books through Chronicle, and then you're going to do a Star Wars book, right? I mean, I could see I mean, Penny like, in a galaxy far, far away. Yeah. Well, I do have a I do have a Lando story that I want to do. Oh, so. But we'll have to see. We'll have to see. All right. Well, I'm, we'll I'm too see. committed. I'm too committed right now. Okay. All right. Well, we'll we'll put that petition out there for that Lando story. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a Lando Han Solo. I mean, of course. Yeah. Well, Han Solo's in it too, but it's it's, it's mostly Lando. And I think all things should have more Lando in them. I think so too. He needs to be developed more. I agree. Oh yeah. man. Well, is there like a movie coming out? Disney Plus series. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Everything's a Disney yeah. Plus series now. Right, yeah, there's no movies. But is is um Donald Glover? Uh, they haven't planning? officially said I ha- I would be brokenhearted if he wasn't. Well, I think it's gonna be like a combo situation. Like I like the idea of uh, a young Indiana Jones like story where you get a little oh, bit yeah. of both Landos. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think that can I think that's doable. Yeah, that's that's a great idea. You should definitely do that. Well, I'll pitch that to Disney now. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Carl, thank you so much for chatting with us today. We're going to let you go. All right. Thanks so much. I thank you. It. Say hi to Penny for us. Oh, yeah. well. Give her the scritches. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. Take care. Take care. Bye. You too. Bye. Yeah, I can't believe he mentioned Star Wars. Could we be getting a Lando comic from Carl Stevens in the future? I seriously hope so. I'm down for anything Carl Stevens draws or writes. I am a fan. And even though he told us not to go to the internet and start researching what his possible masterpiece is going to be, what that actor that he is working with, I did go to the internet and I did do some snooping. And guess what, Lisa? I found out nothing. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was really excited. <laughs> no, I did see that Amelia Clark has a comic that she has just announced that she is writing. And I was like, when I saw Amelia Clark comic, I was like, oh, Amelia Clark and Carl Stevens would be a great combination. But but no, 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 that's 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 not the connection, I'm afraid. Well, we'll just have to stay tuned. Yeah, I'm, I'm super excited. I'm super excited. Now, listeners, we should let you know that you did not hear the entire Carl Stevens conversation. There is a director's cut of this chat over in our Patreon feed. We have an extra 10 minutes with Stevens discussing the comics he's currently reading and excited about and also forcing us to answer those questions as well. Yeah, so if you want the intimate details, you have to get exclusive with us. Yeah, we have uh, links in the show notes. Join up with our Patreon community. We've got lots of cool things going on over there. Bonus episodes. We're talking Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Plus, we do director's cuts for all of our interviews. So there's director's cuts of our Kevin Hanna conversation about the Mignola documentary Drawing Monsters. There's a director's cut version of the Rob Williams uh, uh, chat that we had about 2000 AD and Judge Dredd. So... Jump on over. Click on the link in the show notes. Join us. One of us. One One of us. us. One One of us. us. Google gobble. So, listeners, Brad and I have been thinking, rooms don't generally have just one corner. When you are in a room, (laughs) there are four corners. So what do we have coming up next week, Brad? Yeah, like, so we just did the Rob Williams conversation. This is the Carl Stevens conversation. We're experimenting with having a Creator Corner month. Our next episode is going to be with writer Alex DeCampi discussing her new graphic novel, Full Tilt Boogie, which she calls a love letter to space operas. Alex is the writer of one of our favorite comics from last year, Dracula Motherfucker. If you have not read that comic yet, you gotta do so ASAP. One, it's a a brilliant spin on the Dracula myth, but also Erica Henderson's art is psychedelic and noir and colorful. I know that's an oxymoron, but it's true. And then after that, we're gonna have Jordan Morris on the show talking about his graphic novel, Bubble, coming from First Second Books. I am beside myself 
for this interview. <laughs> yeah, you are. I am a podcast nerd. Mm-hmm. I love Jordan Jesse Go. Mm-hmm. I get super excited whenever he is paneling mm-hmm. on Allison Rosen is your new best friend. And I listened to the podcast bubble mm-hmm. when it originally came out as like an audio drama. It's kind of like if Buffy the Vampire Slayer was an Uber driver. It's hard to explain. <laughs> oh, I'm <but> sold. <laughs> it, it's going to make a perfect comic book. So I'm so excited to read it and even more excited to talk to Jordan. Yeah, we just got the PDF in our email the other day, so I'm going to dive into that this weekend. But listeners, don't worry. Our little Creator Corner Experiment Month is coming to a close, and we will be back on our regular game with a massive four-episode series dissecting the romantic woes of Reed and Sue Richards as seen throughout the 60 years of Fantastic Four continuity. It's been way too long since we've covered one couple over multiple episodes, and I'm extremely excited to get back to it and do it with this couple. These Creator Corners have been a blast. Yes. But also, Uh they have allowed us to get a jump on our Fantastic Four series. Yeah. Because uh, our regular format episodes are a tremendous amount of work. So we appreciate your patience and buying us a little time. And these interviews, if I may say so myself, are amazing. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I love these interviews, but I'm also anxious to get back to the, the, the Fantastic Four in, in our normal uh, format. And, and I, I think we're putting even more effort and more work into these Fantastic Four episodes as we're gearing up to the 60th anniversary in August. So, yeah, uh, super, super excited for everything that's going on in comic book couples counseling land. <laughs> we haven't changed our copy since Falcon and Winter Soldier, but I'm just going to use it. Okay, Brad, let's get out of here. This mask is starting to smell weird. Where can our listeners send their words of affirmation to you? Uh, you can find me on all social medias at MouthDork. If you have words of affirmation for our logo, you can send them to Aaron Prescott at a cool hand fluke. And if you have some words of affirmation for our radical banner art, send them over to Karen Charm at Karen underscore X-Men fan. Lisa, where can our listeners send their words of affirmation to you? I am always accepting words of affirmation at Sidewalk Siren on Instagram and Twitter. If you'd like to spend more quality time with us, you can subscribe to us on Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, and Apple Podcasts. And Google Podcasts now, too. Oh, yeah, that's right. If you'd like to get exclusive, you can join our Patreon where you'll get more content, including weekly bonus episodes. If you'd like to reach out and touch us electronically, you can email the podcast, cbccpodcast at gmail.com. You can visit our website, www.comicbookcouplescounseling.com or follow us on Instagram and Twitter at cbccpodcast. You can give us the gift of five stars on Apple Podcasts. And if you'd like to do an act of service, why not write a review of the show while you're there? We are fluent in all five love languages. It really warms our hearts and helps the pod. So until next time, friends, keep your love tank full. And your psychic rapport open. Doopy doopy. <laughs>